All right, man, this is the introduction for episode 191 of Crow 777 Radio. This is going to be an interesting episode. I commiserated on whether or not to do it. I'm very interested in very old creation stories. I'm not content with the idea that human beings just magically appeared here one day. So for most of my adult life, I've tried to listen and record and learn something from indigenous people's creation stories. This one's going to be challenging, and there's no way to blunt the tip of it. As I began to do the research for the box saga, it's like a swift kick in the head. It just is. It is what it is. But as I began to realize just how much goat encoding there is everywhere, I decided I had to do it. From the president reading Pet Goat on that fateful day to an endless litany of examples I could give you. And I'll give you one here. There was a movie called Little Buddha, which paraphrased a very old Eastern parable, And this is how it goes. From the movie, Lama Norbu says, Once upon a time in a village in ancient India, there was a little goat and a priest. The priest wanted to sacrifice the goat to the gods. He raised his arm to cut the goat's throat when suddenly the goat began to laugh. The priest stopped, amazed, and asked the goat, Why do you laugh? Don't you know I'm about to cut your throat? Oh, yes, said the goat. After 499 times of being reborn as a goat, I will be reborn as a human being. Then the little goat began to cry. The high priest said, Why are you now crying, goat? And the goat replied, For you, poor priest, 500 lives ago, I too was a high priest and sacrificed goats to the gods. The priest dropped to his knees saying, Forgive me. I beg forgiveness. From now on, I will be the guardian and protector of every goat in the land. I could go on and on with other parables that involve goats and the idea of being born or some weird connection to goats and human beings. But suffice it to say, I wanted to get this on the record. And by the way, I'll be following this episode before long. I've met a female indigenous person from Australia and hope to get some insider accounts of the dream time. So these are the things that i am always been interested in. I hope people can listen to this with an open mind because take my word for it. If you do not have an open mind, then you may not want to go through this episode. Let's jump in with Jason and Jim Chesney. Here we go. All right, man. Welcome to Crow 777 Radio. This is episode 191. Jason Lingren is with me, and we have a very interesting gentleman with us today. And actually, I didn't ask about the, the, pronunci- the pronunciation of your name. I assume it's Jim Chesner. Welcome, Jason. And a fine good afternoon it is. Do we have anything to cover, or do we want to just blitzkrieg and max time here? There's only one thing I want to mention, and that's that we are contemplating doing other conferences like our New York one, and we would like to know what people's thoughts are. So another New York conference, Philadelphia, 
and or New Orleans are all the ones we are considering right now. So if folks want to give us a reckoning of which ones they would attend so we can look seriously at the how, what, when, where, why, and how, that would be great. Well, my vote is New Orleans. Um, we did NYC, and that is a rough city to get around in. All right. Welcome, Jim. And please correct me. Did I get the pronunciation of your last name correct? Yes, you did. So everybody, this is Jim Chesner. He's associated with what's called the Bach Saga, B-O-C-K Saga. Uh, the claim of the Bach Saga is it's the oldest saga in the world. And I'm going to preface this entire conversation. I saw a lot of attacks online trying to belittle the ideas that we're about to express. To me, that's always the first red flag when you go to Wikipedia and they try to make it seem like a game show. If Wikipedia is telling me something's a game show, I want to know more about it. As a matter of fact, the Gerson method, which has been shown to cure cancers, is treated in the same manner. It's serious business being belittled. So I want to get all that out there. And also, uh, the box saga is a heck of a thing. And for a lot of people, it may be a bridge too far. If you can set aside your preconceived ideas and dig in to a more naturalistic reckoning of what you're being presented with, maybe there's value there for you. Maybe there's not. But anyhow, Jim, thank you so much for uh, for making time to do this with us. And um, I think we kind of agreed we'd start on races of human beings. Yeah, that sounds fine. We want to start there. I mean, it's, you know, it's very difficult in some ways to, to, it's a long, long story and it has a beginning and it has really not an end, but anyway, to take something out from this in the middle is, is a challenge, but yes, we can just uh, cherry pick. Here's the thing, and I'll say one more thing before you get started, Jim. In the first hour, we run on YouTube. YouTube's all about censorship right now. In a normal, probably Western idea, as you pointed out earlier, we'd be speaking about bloodlines. In the box saga, these are going to be called sperm lines. Just that one thing alone is enough to get us censored for simply saying the word sperm. I'm not even kidding. So this first hour, we're very limited in what we can do. But when we get to the second hour, sky's the limit free speech rules because we're on my website then and I don't censor people. So I apologize for forcing you out of a sane way of addressing this, but we've got to do what we've got to do to offer this information to as many people as we can. That sounds fine for me. Yeah, I understand the situation today in this YouTube and all this. All right. Where would you like to start? I think if I were, I, by the way, I did read the primer to the box saga over the last few days. I have about 25 hours of research in. Um, so I'm still a bit of a young man wearing diapers. And as far as all this information is concerned, still trying to make heads or tails of it, still trying to hold down my Western taught methods and not be offended by any of it, which I've pretty much mastered. But if I'm not mistaken, there are 13 original races is that correct or did i mess that up yes yes there's 13 races still you know still in existence today on the planet so why don't we start there go ahead it's all you uh yes there's there's 13 pure unmixed races that have been in existence for i'll put this time down to a time that people can start to get it without going into what how old it really is but i'll say that these races are uh, more more than tens of thousands of years old. And if we start, there's 10 tropical races, which are people with skin of color, uh, brown hair, and brown eyes. And there's three what we would call article races, which are uh, people with white skin, uh, light hair, and blue or green eyes. 
So I'll start off with the 10 tropical races, according to the Bach Saga. And maybe I'll start here where I'm at in Hawaii. Uh, we have these people called the Polynesian. And the Polynesian consists of all these islands in the Pacific, Rorotonga, Easter Island, um, Samoa, Tahiti, the Marshall Islands, all these islands to Hawaii. Uh, this is one ancient, pure race of people, the Polynesian. They're not a they didn't come from America. They didn't come from China. Uh, they're their own race of people. And so the Polynesian, will say, is number one. The second one is the Aborigine of Australia. Uh, he's his own race. He didn't come from Africa. He, uh, he has his own outlook. He has his own culture, his own music, uh, his own chants, his own language. So he is one pure race of people, these people, uh, these aborigines uh, of Australia. They don't look anything like the Polynesians whatsoever. If we go up from, from uh, Australia, we'll come to our third race, which is what we call the Hindus today, or India. And uh, they're from the Hindustan. They're their own pure race of people. Before the Hindustan, the Hindu people were uh, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Rajasthan, Hindustan, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Burma, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, all the way down to Malaysia and to Bali. This was all part of the old Hindu empire from a long time ago. So we have Polynesian, Aborigine from Australia, the Hindus. We go above the Hindus, we come to what we call the Asian or the Chinese. Uh, these people with this beautiful eye, they're my beautiful, most beautiful eyes for me on the planet. And the Chinese, they're their own race of people. Uh, they don't look like the Polynesians. They don't look like the Aborigine. Uh, they don't look like the Hindu. So they're number four, the Asian people. From there, we go over to what we call the old Hellas Empire, which is the whole Middle East, Greece, Egypt. And these people... Uh, Today, we call them Middle Eastern, but these are the Hellas people, and they're a pure race of people. They're, they're not a mixed race. They have their own outlook, their own culture, uh, language, everything. So we have Polynesian, Aborigine, Hindu, Chinese, the Hellas people. And from the Hellas people, we go over to the what we would call the Roman Empire, which is also now a pure race of people. And this includes Italy, Spain, Portugal, uh, Morocco, Libya, Algeria, all these countries around the Mediterranean, these beautiful people with this olive-colored skin and these beautiful noses, the Greek people. And from there, we go south into Africa, and we come to what we call the blue people. Uh, we today call them blacks, but the blue people, uh, if you really look at their skin, it's blue. And they're their own race of people, the African people, the beautiful people. They, uh, they look nothing at all like the Polynesian, the Aborigine, the Hindu, the Chinese, the Greek, or the Roman. So they're the seventh race. And then we come to the Americas. We have three more tropical races. And this is the Inca in the south, the Mayan in the middle and the Aztec in the north. So this is the 10 tropical races, the Polynesian, Aborigine of Australia, the Hindu, the Chinese, the Greek, the Roman, 
the blue people of South Africa, the Inca, Mayan, and Aztec. And these are ancient, ancient races. They still exist today. A lot of them have been mixed with other races, which before we didn't really mix races. Uh, we kept them very pure a long time ago. And then we come uh, to the three white races, which are coming from the north of Europe, from the Scandinavia, from the Baltic area. And maybe we'll explain about how we became white from being brown, because all people were brown with brown skin and brown eyes in the beginning. The original white race is the Finnish and Russians. They're the oldest white race. The second race from 9,035 years ago, two brothers jumped out from this original article race. One was called Sven, one was called Don. Sven went up and started Sweden. And from his line, his king house, comes the Norwegians, the Icelandics, the Greenland people, the Scottish, and the Irish. These are all coming out from Sven, from the Swedish line. And the third white race is the Danish line. And from the Danish line come the Germans, Switzerland, Netherlands, England, France. So all this white Europe come out from the north. And these are the uh, 13. And there's also three mixed races between the white and the brown, the tropical. One is called the Mongol, which is a cross between Chinese and Russian white. The second is the Tartar, which is a cross between Hindu and Russian, the white. And the third is the Slavic. And the Slavic or slave Slavic is a cross between the Russian and the Hellas people, the, the Middle East people. So these are three of the mixed races today. All right. So let me jump in real quick here, and I'm going to preface a couple things. Um, Eeyore Bach was the last in line of the Bach fa uh, family from where we get the Bach saga. He died in 2010. It is said in the Bach saga, or from other things that I've read and learned from Jim, that it took him 20 years for his mother and his aunt to transmit the Bach saga which goes back to the beginning of time, is what the Bach saga is claiming. This saga is probably going to be too much for a lot of people who are particularly religious or any tradition that they hold on to dearly. But nonetheless, everyone who listens to this show, I am very into origin stories. I am very into getting things on the record as much as we can in this age of censorship. And as I mentioned, the last person in this line who kept this saga alive is now no longer with us, and Jim is 70 years old now. There are a few people who had the, the transmission given them. So there's a little bit of the backstory. So, Jim, where does it make sense to go to now that we've outlined 10 tropical peoples and three non-tropical people and three mixed races? Did I get that right? Yes. Where would you like to head from here? Well, I mean, we can go maybe to the beginning. Uh, maybe it's nice to understand where the story comes from originally. Okay. So we, we could go back to where uh, I'm making this as quickly as I can because we don't have so much time. It's a very, very long story. Like you said, it's, it's a 20-year saga. I spent many years sitting with Eeyore to listen to this, as did some other people. And it's a story about who we are and uh, how we got here. So maybe I'll give a short little story about the origin of the story all right now in in this beginning part jim i've got to warn you this first hour is going on youtube 
if we say the wrong things here, all the people who could have had an opportunity to hear what we're going to say will not be able to because the video will be censored. So choose your words carefully and anything that doesn't seem like we can do it in hour one, we can certainly do whatever the heck we want in hour two where free speech rules. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know how to pull the punches. This is going to, this is going to, you know, light up people's lights, no matter how you, what you believe or how, what you think, because it's, it's very different than how we are today. That's right. And so I guess I'm going to urge you. I mean, we're adults. We know what the next words out of our mouth will do. If it doesn't seem appropriate for hour one, we'll just cover this when we come back in hour two. And by the way, um, we can go long for things like this if we need to. So let's proceed. But let's try to proceed in a way that give everyone who can get to this content for free on YouTube an opportunity to at least be exposed to it and decide whether there's anything there for them. Okay. And uh, like, yeah, I'm just going to have to tell it like I do. And I'll, I'll be very careful about my words. I don't want to upset the norm, you know? Well, the saga is going to upset a lot of people, but uh, I'm beyond caring about this. These are old oral traditions. They need to be put on the record regardless of what anyone thinks. So go ahead. Yeah. We'll go to this earth. I'm going to just say one thing about the universe. We say in the saga, we say the universe had no beginning. It will have no ending. It's always been it will always be the light has been forever and the light will be forevermore it doesn't need a creator or a creation to exist so we put it like that we say there's one sun there's one moon there's one planet and there's millions and millions of stars so i'm not going to go into that but anyway that's the pretense of what this saga explains about the cosmology of the universe it says that there was two suns originally, the sun that we look at, which is the creator of life. Everything on this planet could not exist without the sun. The sun without its heat and its light, the oceans would freeze, would be 400 degrees below zero in total darkness and uh, what could live. So we put the sun as the, the creator of life. It says that the earth was like an egg. It was a hot ball of what we in English call magma. In the root language, we call magma. And it was like one hot ball of magma, magma, surrounded by one sack of water with one shell called atmosphere. So we were created just like, like an egg, the yellow in the middle, the water around it in the shell. It said that one day this magma exploded and it blew out and it blew something called granite. Because all the original rock on the planet is called granite. And this earth exploded. And as it exploded, this magma blew out and created the continents as they are today. They're, they weren't all pushed on one side and slowly, slowly moved away, as they say today. Where Australia is, has always been Australia. Where the Americas have always been. So we say as this explosion happened, this magma exploded out and caused the rock to form. And the water bubble around this whole thing exploded at the time of this explosion. And it popped and it rushed in and filled into the spaces between the continents, between the granite. The Big Bang was this earth. It wasn't the universe. It was this. And in the very beginning, there was just rock and water. And the very first sound was the wind. And from the sunlight coming through the water, a one-cell organism called algae 
in root language, we call it all gay, but algae, all giving. So the first life on this planet was created from the light of the sun and the water in a one-cell green organism. It said that this one-cell green plant started to go through evolution, and it became different green plants in the water. And one day, the green plant decided to come onto the land, and it came onto the land, and the land started to become green. And now it was time for the animal to come. And from this plant life came one animal called the eel, which we see in the ocean, in the rivers. And from an eel came an eel came an eel over many, many millions of years. And slowly, slowly, the eel evolved into one frog. And now this frog, one day he's coming onto the ground. And over millions and millions of years, he slowly evolves to one monkey, or what we would call one ape. In the root language, this story is told in three languages, what we call the root language, the Vaughn language in English. And in the root language, he is called Appa. In the Vaughn language, he's called Apina. And in the English, we call him Ape. So the Appa, our first Papa was the Appa. So this story says that we, we come from the, from the Ape. This is part of our evolution. And in the beginning, this planet was not tilted over as it is today. This axis of the planet was sitting straight vertical. It was sitting straight up and down. And the planet was spinning and centrifugal force. And at the very top of the axis of the planet, on one island, about three kilometers in front of Helsinki, it's still there today, in the middle of this island is one hole in the granite. And this hole in the mythology name is called Valhalla. And in the English, it's called heaven. And this hole in the very top of the axis of the planet, we can call this axis, we can call it an axis, we can call it a pole, north pole, south pole, we can call it a lance, like a pole. So this axis has many names, but we call it one E, because E is like the letter I. I is a pole with a dot above it. The dot above it is the North Star. So in this beginning of this earth, this axis, this E, was sitting straight up and down. And in the very top of the E is this hole in the granite still there today. And this is the hole and the axis of the E. And this is where the word holy comes from. So the land around this hole is called the holy land. So we say that this, this ring land, it was a ring land at the top of the earth is the holy land. And this holy land had many names to it. It had Midgard, Asgard, Ashel, but it was also called Hell. But Hell wasn't negative like the church calls it. Hell was just the North Pole uh, in the beginning of the earth. And on this island we call Uden's Ur, and Uden for us is the sun. There was a one-time happening. Uh, in the nature, animals do not crossbreed. The tuna fish makes more tuna fish, the squirrel makes more squirrel, but in this situation, the sun, Uden, decided to create something very special for this earth, for this planet, because it had already created a paradise of plants and animals, and now it wanted to create something that could appreciate 
this incredible thing that the sun had created. So it decided to create man. And this one time happening happened on this island millions of years ago. And there was one ape, one appa, one monkey. And there was one nanny goat, one female goat. The story is called the Bach saga. Bach is the big male goat. In English, it became buck, but Bach. And this appa, this ape, had something called Pili, which is his greeting decoration. Every man has one Pili. And his nanny goat had one something called one Pilu. And Pilu is the woman's greeting apparatus down below. And in this monkey, in this appa, in this ape, he did not have what we call, I must say the word, is, I, I can't say any other word, but the seed or the sperm. The animals, they have something called embla. They do not have sperma or sperm as the human being does. So the monkey or the op, the ape, he put his pili into the nanny goat's pilu, and he put the embla inside, and out came the first two people. P is a circle, and pole is the pole, the P pole. P is this ring of land, hell at the top. The pole is the axle that came to the top of hell. And the people come from the people. And this first man and this first boy and this first girl born, first masculine, first feminine, they got the name Frey and Freya. They're the Adam and Eve for the pagan world from before. And Frey was the first god. It's where the word Godfrey comes from, the Godfrey, the good Frey for Good Friday comes from. And Freya, she was the first goddess or the first, what we would call Gud and Gudina. These are the words in the root language for God and goddess. And these two children, they dee the milk from this female goat, their mother, and they start to grow up in this ringland at the top of the earth. Now, when this planet was sitting straight up and down, it wasn't tilted over. The sun made a ring on the horizon in a circle around and around. It's the North Pole and the South Pole. If you left from the North Pole and you came towards the equator, you get longer and longer nights. But at both poles, it was 24-hour sun. So these, children, these two children were born in the middle of a ringland, and the whole planet was tropical, banana, papaya, coconut. The ice came much later. I'm almost to the end of this quote. Um, okay, t take your time. Um, it's important to get this on the record, regardless of what people might think. I can already hear heads exploding, but that's okay. People will grow okay. up. Go ahead. Okay, so we're sitting there with Freya and Freya, born in this hole in the top of the E. They're born in the holy, and they drink the milk from this female goat, and they start to grow up. At the age of seven, and this is the critical part, at the age of seven, the son is going to give to these first two people, a very special gift. In this fray, in his, I'll use the word penis, in his sack below his penis, he gets something called esperma, what we call sperm, they call sperma. S in our sound system means the son. Pair means the father. We're all sons and daughters of pair. We're pair sons and pair daughters. And ma means the earth. It comes from the word magma. We say magma. M-A-G-M-A. 
the G or the gay in the middle means the groon or the ground. And then if you pull the G down, you have mama and the ground in the middle. So the ground is made from magma and it's our mama. So the words sperma, S, son, pair, father, and ma is the mother. And ma was the freya. So the son gives to the father and the mother and the seed 29 sounds, which is the origin of our first language. Uh, they say in the beginning there was a word, but before the word was the sounds that make the word. And so we're going to give the sounds where our words come from. And these 29 sounds, they go like this. E is at 12 o'clock. They go in a ring, 23 sounds in a ring. And the other seven, uh, six sounds outside the ring. It goes E, A, B, C, D, A, F, G, O, E, Y, K, L, M, N, U, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, X, E, Sata, O, A, R, and R. So from these 29 sounds, Frey and Freya, they created the first language, what we call the root language, which this story is based in. And in this 29 sounds, they created this first language. And they started with their sexual organs. They named every part of that, then the, the arms, the legs, the head. So they named the body first, and then they went out to name the nature. So the whole sound system comes out from the body. There was four things that the sun gave the human being that didn't give the nature. And the first is linguistics, language. We can describe the nature. We can give the leaf, the size of the leaf, the color of the leaf the form of the leaf, the kind of tree that it's on. So we can describe the nature in a way that the, the animals can't do. So linguistics is a very big gift that the sun gave to the human. The second thing that the sun gave to us was fire. And fire was given to the first woman on the planet via one lightning bolt. So the fire was very important to these people because the fire, they can make tea. And tea is something that we've been drinking from the beginning of time. It's very important in the story. I won't go into it right this minute. So they, we were given linguistics, fire. We were given mathematics. The woman was given ma, te, ma, ti, mom, ma, te, ma. Uh, ma is the female. Te is actually the tea that we were drinking. And ma is again ma. So the mama, the women were given the mathematics. And with this, uh, mathematics is something that we create our, our lives around today. And the fourth thing that the sun gave us was the walking stick. It was a nature gift because in the nature, when the bird can't fly and the fish can't swim and the animal can't walk, it's their last day. They fall down and they can't go anymore. But when the human, when we woke up one morning and we couldn't walk anymore, we could get one stick and we could still hobble around for a few more weeks or months. So it was a very important gift to us to stick. And uh, it's a very big story, but this is as concise as I can make how this first two humans came about on this planet. All right. Well, that was a lot there. And uh, thank you for, for laying that all down. And I guess I'm going to put an intro on this, Jim. 
that explains a few things. You know how the online culture is. If you hear something that doesn't agree with your belief system, hint, hint, um, them's fighting words. How old is this saga supposed to be and how much documentation is there on it? Because a lot of the things that you've already mentioned are very 19th and 20th century science. Give me an example of what that would be. Well, you mentioned the concepts of evolution and the cosmology, and those are things that definitely solidified in the 19th century and into the 20th century. Yes. I mean, this story, I'll just have to say this story says the human race is more than 100 million years old. But is there documentation, like when you're talking about these concepts, were they trying to figure things out like evolution hundreds of years ago, long before Western man was trying to? No, this family knew it from the very beginning. It is inside the language. It tells about how we came from the frog and how we came from the eel and how we, it's all inside the language. So uh, the plan for the planet, you know, the word planet has plan and et. And in root language, et means one and plan means plan. So there's only one plan in this planet. And so the, the planet is uh it's also, if you look at a globe, you can see these lines that go down and around, which form a net. And if you know where you are in these longitude and latitudes, if you know where you are in that net, then you know that's the plan for the planet. So this story, yeah, it's in the language. It's where they get all this information. They weren't trying to figure it out. Let me offer a couple things, and you can correct me if I get it wrong, Jim. I've only got about 25 hours of research into the box saga so far. The box saga goes back as the oldest story, which is the claim. The oldest parts of it are referred to, if I'm not mistaken, as a myth. As we get up closer to modern times, it becomes labeled a his story or history to put a fine point on it. But clearly, when you're talking about algae and things like that, there were no human beings, even in the saga, to witness it. Maybe that's part of why that early part is called a myth. But I think the idea, Jason, and Jim, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, once we start to get into the saga way, the claim is, is that there was the first family here witnessing and recording all this and using a sound system to ensure that the words were not changed and passing it on ear to mouth, ear to mouth, ear to mouth, no writing, no spelling. At one point in some of the research I did, um, it actually talks about the first time the black letter hits the white page. And the idea of a way a human thinks starting to switch from sound-based thinking to spelling, if people can follow that. But did I get most of that close to the mark, Jim? Yes, yes. Yeah, the written system completely threw our mind out of the natural way because, uh, you know, anybody can write anything down in black and white on white paper. There's nothing in the nature that has black and white on white paper. So, yeah, I mean, the word myth or meat Myth or myth means a story which can be true. Today we think about a myth as just some kind of fairy tale, but actually a myth is just a story, and it can be true or it can not be true. And logi means logic, so mythology is a story with logic. So today when we read these mythologies, they don't make much sense, but in the box saga, the sound system tells the mythology. So. It's actually a saga which is passed down from generation to generation in an oral tradition. It's a history of the human race. It's a mythology which all these 13 races, they have 11 mythologies. So before we had religion, everybody went according to mythology. In a mythology, you have a god and a goddess. The religion threw the goddess out and only have a god. 
So if you look at all these ancient mythologies from everybody, they all have a goddess image. And these gods and goddesses weren't like the supreme creator god of the Bible. They really represent nature powers. So you have the god of thunder, the god of love, the god of agriculture, the god of the sun, the god of the sky, the god of fertility, and so on. You have the goddess of love, beauty, the earth, the moon, fertility. So these gods and goddesses of this mythology, they represent in nature powers more than they did this creator god who created the universe in six days. Okay, so let me jump in real quick here. You know, it's sagas like this that if the censorship goes on the way we see it going, they're going to get lost. And we've seen what's happened to indigenous peoples and their stories. As a matter of fact, I'm hoping very soon to be able to talk with an indigenous Australian about the dream time. I'm truly hoping that happens. I'm very interested in these old accounts. And here's the challenge for people. I can already see the same thing queuing up here. Um, the people who think the earth is flat having a problem with some portion of this. And to me, I'll just say a simple thing, grow up. This is probably very old information. And to me, it's important to get it on the record. And if you get stuck on simple little things like that, I don't know how you ever grow in this world. To me, every culture has something to offer. We're all human beings. We all have a commonality. So getting that out of the way, Jim, I think we have about 20 minutes left in the first hour. Where do you think it's prudent to go before we get over to where we can say anything we want? Well, I mean, you steer the ship. You decide where we want to go with this. I mean, I will say in the linguistics, as I said to you the other day about this flat earth, and we're not going to go into this flat earth. The linguistics in the root language, the earth is called ground. In English, it's called ground. And in our sound system, the G means the ground or the ground. And round means round and rune means round. So the ground is round in the root language. In the Vaughn language, they call the earth ma-palo. Ma means the earth coming from the word magma. We standing on the ma, the mother. And palo means ball. So they call the earth the mother ball. And they have a word called atmosphere. Atmosphere. Sphere is a ball. So according to linguistics, we live on a ball, not a flat earth. But we'll just let that slide like this. The linguistics say we're, we're not living on a flat earth. All right, let's go into the linguistics a little bit. In my short 20 or 25 hours of looking into these ideas, if I'm not mistaken, a language that currently exists called Swedish-Finnish or a cross between the two would be parallel to what you're calling root language. And the Vaughn or Van, it's actually spelled V-A-N, Van, but I think it's pronounced Vaughn because you corrected me. That would be equal to Finnish language right now. Is that correct? Correct, yes. And then from these, from these two languages comes a third language. The English language does not come from Greek. It does not come from Latin. It doesn't come from German. The English language comes almost straight out of the root language. If you take in a Swedish dictionary, you can see hundreds of words of English inside the Swedish language. The Swedish language is very, very close to the root language. Uh, it was brought over to Sweden from this family called Asa or Bach 9,035 years ago. They kept pretty much the same meaning. So if you take a Swedish dictionary, you can almost get the exact meaning. Uh, sounds changed a little bit, but not so much. 
So the Swedish is not the original. The Swedish comes from Finland originally, actually, as we say. But the English language, it's a combination of these two. So that's why we, we go with these three different languages. I saw a very interesting thing where uh, the saga actually breaks down where all the languages we have, where they either come from root or Vaughn or what their origin is. And if, if I understood this correctly, one way to know is simply using the numeral system. If you count 10, 11, 12, if I'm not mistaken, that makes the language related to root. But if you count 10, 10 plus one, 10 plus two, you would be in the Vaughn or the Van language. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. There are two number systems, the 12 system and the 10 system. So the whole tropical planet today is based on the 10 system. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, ocho, nueve, diez, once, doce, trece. So if you go into Hindu, you go into these, they'll switch over at 11. Whereas these uh, European languages, uh, most of them switch over at 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. They switch over at 13. The reason I'm bringing these ideas up, and we're, we, can't, we can't go further down the road on what I'm about to say. We'll just keep going with where you were. Think of my pet goat. Think of an infamous day in history, okay? Think of these things. But to get back to the point, that is one of the ways that it's identified that English would have come from root language in this saga, and something like Italian would have come from the Vaughn. But Jim, let's take a minute to maybe better express, while we're in hour one here, what it means to be a person probably many thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, according to the saga, what group of human beings would be speaking root language and what groups of people would be speaking Vaughn language? How did all that come to be? If you look at a, let's say you take a world map and you can see that they, it's written in English. They have all these Chinese cities, all these mountain ranges in China, all these rivers in South America, the mountains. Uh, if you look at all these different languages on the planet, they can all be written in English because English has 28 of the 29 sounds. So all these languages, they all come from these 29 sounds. Now, some of them have been written languages and they put very funny combination sounds, which puts a lot in the throat, in the nose. Some languages aren't nice to hear. It's because of rough sounds and stuff. But if you look into all languages, you can, you can bring me any person from any Red Indian tribe any African tribe, China, and if they give me their language, I can show them that all the sounds in their alphabet and their language are one of these 29 sounds. So for a frame of reference, would it be that the earliest people who ended up being the highest up in the hierarchy of people who were going to populate the world, and I'm just using the word people, I'm sorry, it's the way I speak. I should be saying human being. I will say human being. So the earliest human beings, which had the root language, ended up being things like all father, uh, what we might call a king or queen today, but there was a caste system, and the caste system was designed to populate the world. And so as you got away from what you described as Odinma, um, where the pole was, where Valhalla, what we would call heaven, is, as you got away from that ring, there were castes that were one step down the rung, and those people would have spoke what's called the Vaughn or Van language. Is all that correct? Yes, yes. At one time, there came a time when this Vaughn language was divided into 10 different Vaughn languages. But in the beginning, yes, the whole planet spoke one language in the beginning. 
So just using common deduction, if people who exist today, human beings, I got to lose that word someday. If human beings that exist today in places like Sweden or Finland, speaking either the Sweden, Finland cross language, which is a little of both, or just Finnish, these people could really have a direct link to the original ideas in the Bach saga, right? Yes. I mean, it will actually be up to them actually to decipher this whole thing in the future because they have these languages, their mother languages. For us that are outside, I don't speak either one of them. I study both of these languages for the last 30 years. So I can do, I can take these words in pieces and show why, what they mean inside the languages, actually meanings inside the languages that we can't see if you don't understand how to, to look for them. But these people that speak the Vaughn and they speak this root, they have a huge advantage over anyone else for understanding this story. Yes, for sure. So to put a fine point on it, Eeyore Bach, who is claimed to be the last human being in the Bach family line, the last person who got the 20-year transmission of this saga, passed away in 2010. There are a group of human beings, you being one of them, who got the transmission. I actually bought the kind of primer, very brief introduction on Amazon and burned through it in a couple days. But I got to ask, are there any living human beings in the world who have the complete transmission? I mean, you've told me that you may not be with us much longer. So I'm wondering, is this going to get transmitted any further? Well, I mean, the basic saga is down and, you know, I can make a mistake. I usually try to correct them. If anybody watches my videos, I've usually put things a slip of the tongue. I have made some mistakes. They're not major mistakes. There are other people who know exactly what I know, even more than what I know, but they don't really tell the story. I just happen to be the storyteller in this way. But there's other people who can take this on from where I am, for sure. I mean, I'm not the most smartest person in the saga. And like I said, when you go into the root language, basically, or the bond language, it's a very descriptive explanation of everything that the human being needs to know about how we can live as one family on this planet and no war. For us, war in ancient times was a children-making system. It had nothing to do with killing people. Like we have the word infantry, and we all had family trees before, and your whole family belonged to your tree, and you were making infants or babies for your tree. So that was the infantry before. So this war today is something completely new on the planet where we kill people and leave them laying around in the field. This is uh, very, very strange in the saga. We didn't have anything like this before. It is a bit barbaric to say the least. And I have for many years wondered why, because I served in the Marine Corps, they said infantry and the word for baby infant was in there. Wondered about that a long time. Fox Saga seeks to, uh, to add its source of what it could mean. All right, this is what I'm going to do, folks. It's going to be a little short now or one, but I'm sorry. I'm tired of pulling my punches. I got to get over to my own server where Jim can express these ideas freely. And believe me, I'm an open-minded person. I don't let my beliefs rule my life. A lot of this is its stunning, to say the least. My main thing is things like this are important to get on the record, and more so now with all this ridiculous censorship, what I call the modern-day book burning going on. Uh, are we going to reach a point where all this old indigenous information or sagas that were handed down ear to mouth are nearly non-existent. I hope not. 
but I think it's important to get them on the record. So I'm going to cut hour one here. It is a couple minutes early, and we're going to come back at crow777radio.com for hour two where we can speak freely. But there's one thing that I'll, I'll leave with the hour one folks that really started to grab a hold of me. People are aware of what the Catholic Church did to indigenous populations all over the world. Most people are very aware of it. In 1051, it's claimed that 30,000 mercenaries came in and the place described where Valhalla or heaven or the pole of the world was, was destroyed. Everything was knocked down. The people were killed. It's claimed that a couple members of the Bach family escaped that. And that's how the transmission kept going. But that place, which we could refer to in the saga as Valhalla or heaven or any number of words, Asgard, Midgard, all these words that we kind of have in our lexicon to describe it it was renamed and the new name was wolf island so when everybody's thinking about how shocking it is that a baby might being suckled by a goat well what's the dang story of rome it's two boys being suckled by a wolf you get it anyhow they knock this place down wipe everyone out or this is the claim um i'm just repeating what's in the saga and they rename it to wolf island but the first five letters backwards is the word Jesus in Latin. These are the kinds of things that kind of stood out to me in reading the saga. But guys, I'm going to cut it here so that we can get over into a sane world where free speech can be utilized and we can actually talk about things that matter in this world. So Jason, anything you want to add before I wrap up hour one? Well, I hope everyone who is only going to tune in for hour one can keep an open mind while they listen to the saga, because there's a lot of things to be learned here, whether or not you agree with everything 100%. Keeping an open mind is extremely important. You know, there's very few things in this world, maybe the sky clock, that interest me more than what I'll call indigenous creation stories uh, or histories or oral traditions. These things are very important to me because I've learned so much from so many of them. It's a different point of view than someone snapped their fingers and magically humans appeared. I've always wanted to know, how long have we been here? How did we get here? What are we supposed to do here? And that's why I look to all these marginalized cultures who had a tradition, who had what we'll call (laughs) myths or sagas that try to explain these things in some way. And I'll tell you another thing. In many of them, what you're hearing with your ears is only the surface because you have to know a few things to decipher what's been put into it. But that does bring a kind of short first hour to episode 191 covering the box saga. When we come back, we're going to be able to just talk like normal human beings and say words like sperm without the word and mind police coming and threatening to shut us down. So I hope you'll join us all over at crow777radio.com. I think these things are important, but it'll be a test to see if this is even worth putting on YouTube or whether people just freak out. There it is, man. Join us at crow777radio.com for hour two of episode 191, covering the Bach saga with Jim Chesner, who was in the direct transmission line from Eeyore Bach, the last living member of the Bach family. There it is, man. Cheers. Mm-hmm.